At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast. Your source for sports entertainment. Incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week. I'm Tom Barton. That's right. We are Wagering Week. Facebook and Twitter is how you get in touch with us. It is Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N, hashtag S-G-N, 855-4-G-A-R-T-E-N, iTunes, iHeartRadio, any of our fine syndicated affiliates. That's where you can hear us. Make sure you check out our show every weekend. It's Wanna Bet Weekend Edition. Guys, what an awesome show we have. We are in the middle of the NBA Finals. We will, we will get into NBA Finals talk. They're back in Boston. Let's see what that all means. We are getting very close to a Stanley Cup final. We are looking at a real close series between the Rangers and Tampa Bay. There's still time to make some money there. And the Colorado Avalanche, well, they're sitting down. They are sitting at home waiting to see which real goalie they're going to face because my argument is they haven't faced one yet. So we will get into the NBA where we can make money there. We will get into some hockey and some spots where we can still make a dime there. But I want to start off by talking about the National Football League. And, you know, look, we're in the middle of the finals. We're right on the doorstep of the Stanley Cup finals. We're sitting here in a time where the NFL, look, let's just be honest, shouldn't even be on the calendar. But it is. It is because of a big name and a big person, and that's Deshaun Watson and what's going on with him. So we have got to get into this because there's so many layers that seemingly are unfolding. And for sports bettors out there, and I know that that's who's listening right now, right? Sports bettors out there, you guys are sitting back and you're going, what do I do with the Browns, right? What do you do with the Browns when you're talking about futures plays? Everybody loves futures plays. What do you do? Now, look, overall, I don't know how many people are taking the Super Bowl, you know, odds for the, for the Browns before Deshaun Watson came there. It didn't seem like a lot. But I know, speaking to uh, quite a few sportsbook directors and people in the know, that there was an uptick. As soon as they signed Brown, all of a sudden, it jumped up. Now, there was a point where the Cleveland Browns opened up this season about 25 to 1. Depending on where you're looking, uh, BetMGM has 18 to 1, Caesars has 20 to 1, DraftKings has 18 to 1, FanDuel has 20 to 1. So it's about there. Right? That's where you're looking um, if you're looking at the Super Bowl futures. But there's more than just the Super Bowl futures. Right? I mean, there's more than just that. Because we can go into, well, how many wins total? What about the AFC North? So after the Watson deal went down, 
Cleveland's odds of winning the AFC North dropped from 3-1 to one to about 175-1. to one. They're sitting here right now, depending on where you're looking, about 200 to 1, 225 to 1, because the market's reacting to the news that we're going to talk about in a moment with Deshaun Watson. The team for the AFC, the team's chances to win that, look, it's about 10 to 1. Now, that has moved as well. I've seen it down as far as 12 to 1 or so, and we've seen that go on. How about the Cleveland Browns' odds for wins, right? So, let's see, win total. This has moved as well, and you start to look at this and you go, okay, that has moved as well. I've seen this sitting there at 9. I've seen it sitting there at 10. It's all over the place. So what we can say is there's volatility right now in the Cleveland Browns and what they're doing. There's volatility in the market because of the news that we're going to talk about, and that's Deshaun Watson and what is to be of Deshaun Watson. By the way, it's not only futures odds. I know a lot of guys, and I don't do this, but I know a lot of guys love to jump out in front and grab those early odds. Well, the line opened up against Carolina Panthers at minus three and a half. It's minus three and a half at BetMGM, but it's gone down to minus three at Caesars. It's all the way down to two and a half at BetRivers. It's still sitting at four at DraftKings. Like I said, a lot of volatility with the Cleveland Browns and what people expect them to be moving forward. And a lot of volatility because what did you think of the Browns before Watson came there? What did you think of the Browns after the Watson trade? What did you think of the Browns in relation to the rest of the division, right? I mean, Pittsburgh went out there, got a new quarterback. It looks like the Ravens are going to be pretty healthy this year. So you have to count all this into your futures plays. But the biggest thing is Deshaun Watson. I mean, let's not bury the lead here. It's Deshaun Watson. Now, Deshaun Watson, at the time of the trade, we knew that there were 22 allegations against him for, uh, we'll call it sexual sexual misconduct. There was, the word rape was thrown out there. I don't know if that's really going to be uh, continued, uh, but we'll say sexual misconduct. And there was a lot of conversation about what would happen to Deshaun Watson. You have a lot of, oh, 22 accusations is a lot of accusations out there. And the elephant in the room was, wow. The Cleveland Browns went out there. They gave him a massive contract, uh, one of the biggest signing bonuses of all time, if not of all time, guaranteed money up the you-know-what. It was an insane contract for somebody that didn't play football last year because of legal allegations and somebody whose future was, let's just say, clouded. It was clouded. Now, anybody I spoke to with any sort of intelligence level basically just assumed that the Cleveland Browns had an intelligence level. They basically went out there and said, ah, well, look, you know, it looks bad. 22 allegations doesn't look good. It doesn't seem good what he did. It doesn't rest easy with anybody and, and all that. And, and you don't love it and, and go on and on. But at the end of the day, almost everybody I spoke to said, yeah, but you got to think that if Cleveland's going to give this kind of ridiculous money, this kind of insane money, well, they have to know something that we don't know. They have to have done their research. They've got to know that a lot of these allegations are going to be fraudulent. A lot of these allegations are going to be untrue. That was the speculation. Why would you give him this kind of contract and make a trade and give away draft picks and do all of it unless you were sure Deshaun Watson was going to be cleared? And even if he was cleared then you were kind of sure that Goodell was not going to slap you with a crazy kind of situation, right? Um, look at Trevor Bauer in Major League Baseball. You now, two years he's suspended after missing time. Well, you 
You can't give money to Deshaun Watson if you're the Cleveland Browns and give draft picks. Forget about even the money. And give draft picks and basically turn over your roster had you not done your due diligence to the fullest extent. Could you? You could not vilify and push away your starting quarterback in Baker Mayfield, the guy that was going to be the future of your team. You couldn't push him away and vilify him unless you were 100% sure and did your total due diligence on Deshaun Watson. You were sure. Could you? Well, the Cleveland Browns organization has been one of the most poorly run organizations for decades. I go back to the Bernie Kosar ages and, and Eric Metcalfs and, you know, going all the way deep back. And this is one of the most dysfunctional and poorly run organizations and franchises in sports, not in football, in sports. But we were still willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Now it's coming out. Maybe we shouldn't have. Maybe we should have looked at the Browns like they were the Browns. Maybe we should have looked at the Cleveland Browns and said, hey, you're the Cleveland Browns. You're going to screw this up. And maybe they doled out millions and millions of dollars and guaranteed money and guaranteed pricing and all of that to Deshaun Watson. And they didn't do their due diligence and they didn't do their homework. And they were relying upon, I don't know what they were relying upon because it's a mess. So let's get into this mess. Pro Football Talks, Mike Florio said he believes that the Browns could void Deshaun Watson's contract if he's suspended for conduct related to the latest allegations. But that is in a lot of question. So what has kind of gone on now um, is what's going here is that now Deshaun Watson has even more evidence coming out against him. Even more evidence is jumping down his throat. The New York Times confirmed that he now met with 66 private massage therapists in 17 months. Okay, before I go any further, 66 masseuses in 17 months. Do we have to break out our calculator? Remember remember your teachers always said you never, you're not going to always have a calculator in your pocket. So you better learn some stuff, right? Uh, I got a calculator in my pocket. It's called my cell phone. So we're talking about, he visited 3.8 massage therapists or masseuses. I don't know if they don't like to be called masseuses like flight attendants. So we'll we'll say, we'll say masseuses. Um, Massage therapist, he visited about 3.8 a month, which breaks down to roughly one new massage therapist per week. Couldn't find one he liked. Couldn't find one he liked two days in a row or two weeks in a row. Couldn't do it. 66 in 17 months. Now, I've mentioned this before, so let's go back into it. These athletes are so particular about their bodies. Imagine the guy that has like the 68 Mustang in his driveway and he's out he doesn't drive it, and he's out like washing it. It's 100% worse than that. They're neurotic. What goes into my body? Every single piece of food that goes into my body, I have to know about. How I do this. How I open up a milk carton. I got to make sure I don't pull a shoulder. I mean, these guys are neurotic about it. This guy's going out there with 66 masseuses? Even if he wasn't an NFL quarterback. That's just weird. So, okay, I, I continue. Many of whom, and this is from the New York Times confirming this, many of whom were long drives away from his house. (laughs) Okay. So not only is he going to 66 different masseuses, but he's taking long drives to get there. Uh, Maybe you don't want it right next to your house. Okay, I get it. Some of them in strip malls that he never met with again. I mean, that sounds logical. 
I'm a professional athlete. I got millions of dollars. I could have somebody come to the house tomorrow, get that good masseuse I love, and bam, here you go. I use her over and over and over again. Here you go. You know what? You know my body. You know what I like. Okay, here we go. No, no, no. 66 randoms in strip malls that are far away from us. Imagine this. Imagine Deshaun Watson was not an NFL player, guys. And he was your your friend, just your, your, your buddy, okay? And your married buddy, we'll say. Right? I have a little skin in the game. Your married buddy. And your married buddy tells you, I go, I went to 66 masseuses in the last uh, year and a half. Usually it's a it, it's a far drive away. Some of them are in strip balls. I never see them again. Wouldn't you be like, all right, weirdo. <laughs> okay, creep. Right? I mean, that's what you would say. Um, the, Texas, the Texans gave him an NDA to make sure that he signed it, um, which, you know, I mean, what does that do right now? Deshaun Watson's lawyer stood up in court and said, quote unquote, a happy ending isn't illegal. No, it's not. Nope. But you didn't do your client any favors screaming that a happy ending's not illegal. Imagine going home to your wife. Honey, it's not really cheating. I mean, it's, it's, it's a happy ending. I, no, it's not illegal, but it just makes him look bad. Now we go a little bit further, okay? We go a little a little bit more. A little bit more, um, and you go down the path of how bad this was, how bad things have gone with the sexual assault. And now it's, it's sexual assault. That's a second lawsuit. That's a second lawsuit this week, right? And you start to look at what they're saying. They're saying things like Deshaun Watson took girls' hands and put it on their crotch. Um, Deshaun Watson did things uh, that, that were just all over the place. Um, the You look at this and you say, you know, the New York Times confirming this is a problem. Um, you look at what the Texans' role in this is, and look, they had a quarterback. He was willing to pay for this and you had to know that the baggage was here for the Cleveland Browns sure I wonder how much the Texans were allowed but or or aware of I should say um but Deshaun Watson said in his own deposition that the Texans weren't aware of the whole situation the Browns claimed that they look we did our due diligence we're they said we're 100% confident in our decision well now this is all coming out now this is all coming out it is also coming out that the Browns did not talk to any accusers. They didn't speak to them. Um, look, at the end of the day, here's the reality. Here's the reality. There is a possibility. And I don't want to say probability, but it's leaning that way, right? It's a possibility, and we're leaning towards a situation that Deshaun Watson never plays for the Browns. That Baker Mayfield doesn't play anymore for the Browns. And the Browns lose their first-round picks. That's the possibility that we're looking dead in the eye if you're the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson was sued on Monday. And, and this is somebody brand new. This is somebody brand new. Now it's up to 24, right? Now it's up to 24 women that have come out there. 24 women. And you start to look at what could happen. I know Florio says, you know, he thinks that they could get by it. Uh, Florio said if Watson eventually is suspended for the conduct alleged on the 24th lawsuit, 
the Browns possibly will be able to void his guarantees and move on from him and possibly recover a significant portion of the signing bonus. Let's say that's pie-in-the-sky hopeful. You still lose your draft picks. You still have ostracized Baker Mayfield. So, I mean, th- this is this is rough. And there's a chance, guys. There is a distinct possibility that they aren't able to recover the signing bonus. That they aren't able to void his contract. There's there's a good possibility of that. You know, you're, you're looking at this from a good situation if you're Cleveland. But this could get really bad. This could get bad for Houston. I know that Deshaun Watson said in his deposition that the Texans weren't aware. I get that. But if this situation gets so bad in Cleveland, could it also get bad for the Texans? I mean, could they have sort of wink-wink allowed this? Uh, You know, I don't know. But it is a weird situation unfolding. And then, on top of all this, you always have the Cleveland Browns and the diehard Browns fan all offseason kind of told me, ah, don't worry. We'll fix it with Baker. Worst case scenario, right? Well, the Browns this week, just a couple of days ago, have excused Baker Mayfield from attending the team's mandatory minicamp next week. They've excused him. They said it was a mutual decision, but best for both parties, meaning we screwed up. We don't want you on the team anymore. We're looking to get rid of you. And Baker said, yeah, I would never play for you guys again. I, I, I mean, that's that's really what it is. Mayfield hasn't been to the Browns or in the Browns facility since the trade for Deshaun Watson in March. Mayfield's been staying in Austin, Texas. He's rehabbing uh, from the offseason shoulder surgery. So that gives him, it's a non-throwing shoulder surgery, but that gives him kind of a, a, you know, a reason or excuse for a little while. But now, mutually, no, no problem. Don't worry about it. Now, I know that the Browns were trying to trade Mayfield to Carolina. Um, the Panthers go out there and draft Matt Corral. So that that's not, not going to happen. Mayfield's supposed to make $19 million in guaranteed money for 2022. $19 million. He's not even in minicamp. He's not even in minicamp now. So you start to look at this and you go, what, what is it going to be? I mean, is Jacoby Brissett, but by the way, the Browns did sign Jacoby Brissett this offseason. Is Jacoby Brissett the answer? Is Jacoby Brissett? Give me some odds. I have no odds out there. Any of the sportsbook directors that listen to the show, and I know there are, there are a couple out there. Um, give me some odds. Will Jacoby Brissett be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns that first game? I think it's I think it's feasible. Where this is looking like it's going with Deshaun Watson from a betting perspective, you simply cannot touch or not touch anything with Cleveland. You can't take him to win the Super Bowl. You can't take him to win the AFC. You can't take him to win the North. And you can't take the over or under for the wins on the year. You can't do anything because you have no idea what's going to happen with Watson. If you would have asked me two weeks ago, I would have said, ah, you know what? I think Adele's going to probably suspend him. I said six to eight games. That was always kind of where I thought. But now... With this new stuff? I don't know if Watson ever plays again. Certainly not for Cleveland. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm leaning towards maybe not. I, I'm leaning towards, ah, I could definitely see where he doesn't. I could definitely see where Deshaun Watson does not play again. And now your backup is Jacoby Brissett. It's not even Baker Mayfield because you've ruined that with Baker. Can you even trade Baker at this point with the rest of the league going, you guys are, you know what? You're done. Can you even imagine that? Now, from a betting perspective, we also unravel the rest of the North. Doesn't this help Pittsburgh? 
Who do you like better? Pittsburgh with a great defense. Cleveland with a great defense. Okay. Cleveland, great running backs. Pittsburgh, I like Najee Harris, great running back. Pittsburgh, good coaching. Cleveland, yeah, good coaching. Everything's about the same. Do you like a rookie quarterback? Or do you like Jacoby Brissett? Eh, it's kind of a toss-up, right? I mean, Pittsburgh's back in this thing. Isn't Cleveland a worse team than Cincinnati with no quarterback? And I'm not dogging on Jacoby Brissett, but isn't Cleveland a worse team than they are? How about the Baltimore Ravens? Baltimore Ravens, you should be smiling ear to ear about all this. So the win total for all the teams in the North should probably go up. If Deshaun Watson doesn't play for the Cleveland Browns this year, every odds should move extensively. If Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson both do not play, the odds should really be tilted. I'm not saying Jacoby Brissett can't have some kind of impact there. But Jacoby Brissett's not winning this division. Jacoby Brissett's not winning multiple playoff games and going to the AFC Championship or anything like that. That's not happening. Most people went out there and bet because of Deshaun Watson. Most people went out there and bet because of Deshaun Watson's allure to the team, what he could add to the team, what he can be a part of. And he may not be a part of this team. He may never wear a Cleveland Browns jersey. Actually, well, he put on a jersey, I think. But he may never wear shoulder pads, we'll say, for the Cleveland Browns. And Baker Mayfield? I don't think Baker comes back. How, how do you repair that? Hey, we screwed up with Deshaun. Can we repair this? I don't know if you do. Now, $19 million, <laughs> guaranteed money. Hey, hey, that can make me forget some stuff. But I, I don't know if they're going to be able to repair it. I think the Cleveland Browns are in a bad, bad way. All right, guys, let's take a quick timeout. Come on back. When I do get back, we're going to talk playoffs and Stanley Cup finals on the horizon. NBA finals right in the middle of that talk. All that and more right after this on Wagering Week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I bet you 20 bucks I can get to gamble before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on. What are the odds? What are the odds? Well, if we're talking about the NFL, and we got into a little bit of that. Cleveland without a quarterback, they might have to rely upon some defense. Well, let's take a look at right now what we have for the odds for Defensive Player of the Year next year. Oh, good thing for Cleveland. Miles Garrett is leading the way, plus 650. T.J. Watt is 7-1. to one. Aaron Donald, newly paid Aaron Donald, plus 750. Micah Parsons is 9-1. to one. Nick Bosa, 11-1. Joey Bosa, 18-1. to one. Khalil Mack, moving over to the Chargers. He's 20-1. to one. Chase Young, 22-1. to one. Vaughn Miller and his dude digs 25-1. to one. And Max Crosby comes in at 25-1. to one. That is what are the odds. Yeah, 
some of these odds, you know, defensive player of the year, I've had a lot of success. If you guys have listened to the show over the last couple of years, um, I was on TJ Watt for two years running and, and he was real close. It's easy to just throw Aaron Donald up there year after year after year. But the, these guys that are voting on the award, they like to kind of vote differently. Um, Garrett makes a lot of sense, but I'm not laying 650 with him. You know, Garrett, Garrett makes a ton of sense. He's the guy that could absolutely, absolutely have the talent to do so. But I'm not laying 650 with him. Even TJ Watt. I like Watt. I like Watt a lot. I don't think 7-1 is enough to entice me. Aaron Donald at 750-1. to I think he's the chalk. He's the safe bet that you're able to, I guess, go out there and hedge with if you want to kind of go down that road. Yeah, you know what? He's going to be close. I don't do it at 750-1 to there. Usually, if I'm going to go defensive player of the year, I want... 8 to 1 to 10 to 1, you know, maybe even a 12 to 1 kind of guy. Nick Bosa makes some sense. Nick Bosa makes a lot of sense, but uh, you got to remember he's going up against some prolific offenses. I don't know if he's going to get the the attention. Joey Bosa makes a lot of sense at 18 to 1. Now, I know Khalil Mack is going there at 20 to 1, uh, but Joey Bosa is probably going to be the biggest beneficiary of Khalil Mack going there. You're going to have to defend Khalil Mack. They have Derwin James there. They have some Real interesting pieces. Joey Bosa at 18 to 1 is probably a better value than Nick Bosa at 11 to 1. Chase Young. Chase Young's the guy I picked last year, and he fell flat on his face. He has plenty of talent out there. He's going to go up against Carson Wentz, who could take sacks, Daniel Jones, who could take sacks, even Jalen Hurts, who's got mobility, but he can take some sacks. Chase Young at 22 to 1 might be, maybe I was a year early on him. I might have been a year early on him. Von Miller, I don't think so. I think that he's name recognition. Max Crosby. Can he have a better year than last year? I don't think so. And that division is just just superior for what he's going to be doing. So the last guy is Micah Parsons. And I'm starting to see, look, Micah Parsons opened up at 12 to 1. He's down to 9 to 1. I've seen him as low as 7 to 1 in spots. I think Micah Parsons is going to be everyone's choice, everyone's go-to guy. But their defense lost a little bit this year. I think he's now, you have some tape on him. He was not as good late as he was early as far as disruption. Yeah, For me, Micah Parsons, I don't want to say he's the chalk now, but he's almost in that Aaron Donald way where I can't talk you out of it. And I'm not going to talk you out of Micah Parsons at 9-1, to 7-1, to one even where, wherever you're at. I'm not going to talk you out of it, but I'm certainly not going to talk you into it. I think that Micah Parsons is a guy that could be a little bit overrated because he's on the Cowboys. He's a guy that could be a little bit overrated because he's coming off of that sup- just superior rookie year. And I think that this is a league of adjustments. I'd rather have somebody with a track record, and then you go, okay, what else can happen? So for me, look, I was a year early on Chase Young, maybe. But I don't know if I'm willing to go back at 22 to 1 odds. And I'm struggling with myself here where do I overlook the talent because he burned me last year? Am I upset because he burned me, really? You know, am I using this personally because he burned me? Now, guys, let me know. You tell me. Write us in over at Facebook, over at Twitter, Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N, hashtag S-G-N, or you could uh, always write over at SportsGarden.com. Let me know. Am, am I being too emotional by, because Chase Young didn't win the, the award for me last year, and I'm going, man, he had a bad year. But with all that said, if I did, even with Chase Young in there, I think Joey Bosa is my guy this year. I think if I'm going down that road of who's in a good position, who's in a good scheme, who has good odds, 18-1 to with Joey Bosa, who now gets the benefit of sitting back and being able to play uh, with 
Khalil Mack who's going to get double teamed. Joey Bosa, who now gets to play with the benefit of, you know, hey, that defense is definitely better. Yeah, I got to tell you. Yeah, I, 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 I have to tell you. I think that that's, that's probably the way to go. 18 to 1 odds. I'll throw something on. I'll do it after the show. I'm going to throw a little something on Joey Bosa right after the show at 18 to 1 odds. Chase Young, I might have to go in on as well. I, I, I hardly ever go in on two guys on a singular award before the season. I got to decide what I think about Chase Young because I love his scheme. I love the guy's motor. I like his athleticism. He reminds me a lot of what Miles Garrett can be, but he just burned me last year and he just looked terrible. He looked bad. I mean, flat out bad at times. So maybe I'm a little burned. Maybe I'm a little burned. But that's reality of where we stand. All right, let's get into a little NHL right now. And we're going into a very decisive Game 5 between the Rangers and the Lightning. We have watched this series play out pretty well to form. Now, I know if you're a Ranger fan or you're a Lightning fan, you can have argument. Or you're a backer. You don't have to be a fan if you're a backer. You're going to have a little bit of argument. If you're the Lightning, you're going to say, come on, you know, there's no way the Rangers are scoring nine goals in two games against Vasilevsky. That was a pure hiccup. That's all that was. We we now see the real Vasilevsky, who's held to this team, to three goals in the last two games. He's corrected things. This team is getting contributions from all over the place. They are the veteran-laden team. The Rangers just kind of got lucky, those two first two, because they just absolutely went crazy on offense, and we're not going to see it again. All right. The Rangers fan is going to say, oh, come on, you know, we win at home. That's what we do. We have won at home consistently. We beat the Hurricanes 5-2 in a game six. We beat the Hurricanes 4-1. We beat the Hurricanes 3-1 all at home. We beat the Penguins 4-3 at home, 5-3 at home, at home 5-2. You know, we haven't lost a game at home since game one against the Penguins in the first game of the playoffs. We are that home team, so we have a chance here, which is why I'm saying it's a decisive game five. You can argue all of that between the Rangers. You could argue all that between the Tampa Bay Lightning. And at the end of the day, I'm going to still stick to my original statement where this series has played out basically how we thought it was going to play out. And that is a 2-2 tie after four games. I really did believe that the Rangers were going to hold court at home. Now, I didn't see nine goals in two games. I didn't see that at all. But I expected all of... I told you before the series, I expected all of these games to go under the total. Game one, total was set at five and a half. It went over. Game two, total was set at five and a half, under. Game three, total was set at five and a half, under. Game four, total was set at five and a half, under. So there's only one fluky situation. I'm calling it fluky because the Rangers aren't going to score six goals again. I'm sorry. You know, they're, they're just not. They did catch Vasilevsky by surprise. That doesn't mean they can't win the series. It doesn't mean that. It just means I don't expect any team to score six goals in this series. It's Vasilevsky, and this is the New York Rangers, and this is Igor. This is Igor against Vasilevsky. Now, we could talk about the Rangers and Fox and Panarin and Zabanajad and how great they've been. Yeah, they have been. And we we could talk about you know Kucherov and Stamkos and go down the line and the impact that Brady Point not being in there. Sure. But at the end of the day, this is the series that we knew it was going to be, which is my goalie against your goalie, my goalie, has been the best goalie in the league for three years running. He's been the best goalie in the playoffs for three years running. Your goalie, what about your goalie? Well, my goalie is an MVP candidate. My goalie is among the top three at the MVP. My goalie is going to win goalie of the year this year in the the NHL. My goalie is playing out of his mind right now. In the last 10 games, he has not allowed more than three goals in any game except for the empty netter. 
So my goalie is playing really well. And my goalie's playing really well. This is what we knew was going to happen. We wanted, as a hockey fan, if you're a real true blood hockey fan, you wanted Vasilevsky against Igor to be the display. And I know when you look up and you see 4-1, right, it doesn't seem like a, that kind of just finesse kind of defensive series. No, I get that. But it has been. 6-2-3-2-3-2-4-1. I mean, it, it's been three of the last four have gone under the total. I, I, I look at the now well, now coming home. I look at the now going against the green people, and I go, I don't know how you can. And that's the odds makers. Odds makers have set the lightning, who, again, the Rangers have not lost a home playoff game since game one against Pittsburgh. They have set the lightning as a 130 favorite for game five. Now, why do they do that? Let's break down the mentality of the odds maker, okay? Because they don't care who wins. We've talked about this over and over. They don't care who wins. It doesn't matter to them who wins, who might win. None of that matters. What matters to them is who do you think is going to win? And people watch the Lightning. Oh, man, they own the Rangers. People watch them. Oh, the Lightning. Well, they fixed it. Okay, Rangers got lucky in the first two games. Oh, Vasilevsky. Oh, he's back. He's back, man. Vasilevsky's back to being what he is. And everyone's kind of jumping all over the Lightning. So you have to make them a 130 favorite, 125, 130. I see 125s out there. You have to make them the favorite, even on the road. Because they were the favorites to win the series. It's now an important game five. We watched Vasilevsky do what he did. But if you're the Rangers, aren't you saying this is perfectly fine with us? We're, we, we have game five at home. I feel very good about game five. Okay. And that's Thursday night. Thursday night will be a game five. We feel good at home. We have to go to the Lightning on Saturday. All right. That's going to be a tough game, but we have to go to the Lightning on Saturday. Uh, and you look at that and you go, ah, that could be tough. But then we're back home here on Tuesday. Aren't you sitting back and saying, this series is kind of going how we wanted it to go? I mean, sure. They lost that late goal in game three, and that could have really just cemented the series. They lost on that. But if you really take a step back and you told any Ranger fan or any Ranger backer, I'm holding a futures ticket, and some of you guys are, told any Ranger fan or any Ranger backer at all, hey, look, what's going to happen here? is you're going to be tied four, uh, two, two games to two after four games. And you have a plus underdog for game five. And you're going to have this back in your building in Madison Square Garden in game seven. Every Ranger fan would have taken that. Anybody with a ticket would have taken that. Every Ranger backer would have taken that. Taking it with a smile. Taking it with a smile. Oh, sure, I'll take that. I'll take that any day. So you have to look at the big picture, especially when you're you're betting on sports. Now, can the Lightning go out there and win this game? Of course they can. And I've said this the entire series. I don't know how. Look, I've made a lot of money. I bet the under every single game. Okay, so I lost game one. I, after that, I've been I've been cleaning up. I have not bet the Rangers or the Lightning in any game yet. Now, I thought that the Lightning could come back and they could win that second game because they don't lose two games in a row. But you know what? It was at home. And the linesmakers basically told me, you know, uh, minus 130, they didn't buy into the whole, well, we won 17 or 18 straight. You know, no back-to-backs and all that. No, no, no. So I haven't really, really dabbled at all in the teams at all. Uh, no, Almost no prop plays. All I continue to keep doing is taking the under. Because I think that this is an Igor against Vasilevsky series, and that's what it's turned out to be. But I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I don't know how you can turn around and take either one of these teams. 
How are you laying minus 130 with Tampa Bay on the road? Now, I'm not telling you that it can't win because it certainly can. And I've said this before a couple of times. But you're giving Igor Shosturkin, you're giving him plus money in his building in a place where he's dominated and the Rangers have dominated since game one of the playoffs. You're giving him plus money. In a spot where the Rangers have owned Tampa Bay at home, not only in this series, but in the regular year, and you're giving them plus money. You, I just can't lay plus money in this slot. I can't do it. I can't lay plus money here. Now, you, you can sit back and tell me all day long, you know what, I can't take the Rangers. And I'm looking at that also, and I'm going, yeah, I get it. I don't know if I want to take back only, what, 115 or 120. Taking back, even though we're at home, even though you're at home, I don't know if I want to take a shot against Vasilevsky the way that he's looked over the last two games. I don't know if I want to take a shot with the young kids against this veteran-laden team in a crucial Game 5. So, I've said this for most of the series, and I'll continue to say it. I don't know if you could take either side here. It's almost an unbettable game, except for the total, which I absolutely am on top of the total. I, I love the total. I love it. I'm, I'm going to take it again, and I'll take it I'll take it till Game 7. They keep giving me 5.5, I'll keep taking it at 5.5. I'll keep doing it. I'm not telling you that it's going to necessarily work out incredibly great as as it has, but I think two of the next three go under, right? And I got a shot at all three going under, but I I have two of three. Until they move that line to five, I'll be on it. Crucial game five, Igor at home. Yeah, I kind of like it. Yeah, I'll take that five and a half under again, and I will continue to just keep riding this. And no matter what, I'm not moving levels and I'm not moving numbers. So even if the next two or even the next three go under, I'm not going to get burned overall. I'm going to make money this postseason on on this series betting the under. All right, what about the other series? Let's talk about it. It's over. Uh, The Orioles are the first team in NHL history to have three games in a single postseason where they scored five-plus goals, but they lost. Everybody's kind of blaming Mike Smith, and I get it. You know, Mike Smith was a big problem late Mike Smith was not good enough. All right. I just think that the Avs were the better team. I mean, I've talked about this on the air. The Avs were just the better team. But you need somebody to point to. And I've said before the year, and I've said before the playoffs, and i said before this series, as much as I like the Oilers, Mike Smith is just not a championship goalie. He got them far, but it wasn't his fault they went home. Now, in the last game, sure, maybe. But it wasn't necessarily his fault. Mike Smith, though, was not good. I mean, he wasn't good. 907 save percentage. He allowed 5.32 goals above expected. And that's the third most of the playoffs. So he wasn't good. But with that being said, I don't think it's entirely his fault. I think a lot of this is just the Avs being the better team. The Avs are the better team. And that's it. I mean, why can't it just be that way? That the Avs are just the better team. That's what it is, guys. So when we start to look, you know, ahead a little bit, what is interesting is that the Avs were the better team. I don't think many people are going to argue that. But I think the Avs were the better team in every round this postseason. I think the Avs, not only I think, look at the odds. The Avs coming into each and every one of these series were pretty massive favorites, 2-1 to one or more. They were 5-1, they were to one, I think, in the first round, right? So we look at this and, and you go, well, who... 
Who do they face in goal? And this is something I alluded to. Who do they face in goal? They're going to either face, it's either going to be Igor, the MVP, and I keep calling him that because he's he, he's a, one of the three finalists, right? Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, the other two. He's probably not going to win it, but it sounds good. So Igor, the MVP, or Andre Vasilevsky, the best goalie over the last three years, that's who they're going to face. And it's going to be a tough test because it's kind of the first goalie that they faced, right? I mean, let's be honest. Who's so? Mike Smith, Connor Ingram. Eh. All right? I mean, eh. I, can, can you say eh? Because I can. And you, you could talk about the Rangers, who they had to go through, Dominique and, and injured Tristan Jarry and Ranta. Uh, but yeah, you, you could talk about the Rangers there, but they're, they're going to have to get through Vasilevsky. And you could talk about Tampa Bay not going through the greatest of great goalies, but they're going to have to get through Igor. This is the first real goalie that the Avs are going to have to face when we get to the Stanley Cup Finals. They're, they're, they're really, they've really had a walkthrough when all is said and done. The Avs... Look, they took 14 games to win three series. <laughs> 14 games to win three series. Um, the Rangers needed 14 games to win two series, just to give you a, a little a little fun fact there. So, you know, I, I think that this is going to go seven here. I think that the Rangers take game five. But even if they don't, I think they still can take game six. And then you go into a game seven, and, and it's going to be kind of what what's your poison? Pick your poison. You want to go bet against Igor at home in a Game 7 to go to the Stanley Cup Finals? Or do you want to bet against Vasilevsky in a Game 7 to go to the, the Finals? I, I I mean, I'm hoping we get a Game 7. I'm hoping Tuesday night we're sitting there with a fantastic Game 7 on deck. And I think we, we very much might. What I will say is this. The next time we talk, we're going to be talking about who's in the Stanley Cup. And the Avs are going to face their first real test of goalie whether it be Igor, whether it be Vasilevsky. I'm taking the under for the rest of this Rangers-Lightning series. I think that might completely and utterly flip-flop if the Avs take on the Rangers or if the Avs take on the Lightning. But that's into the future. Now let's go bet to the future. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet Bet to to the future. Bet to the future. What do we have here? We have potential Stanley Cup prices via Circus Sports over there in Las Vegas. So Colorado is already in, but we have the potential of who they will play. If they play Tampa Bay, Colorado will be minus 195 favorites. Tampa Bay is getting back a nice plus 170. If Colorado faces the Rangers, it's even bigger. Minus 315 if you like the Avs, plus 265 if you like the Rangers. That is bet to the future. I got to tell you, listen, you know, I know that a lot of things happen as the these playoffs go down, and a lot of things are going to happen from here till then. A lot's going to be made. I understand it all. But where I stand right now, I, I mean, how do you not take Vasilevsky plus 170? How do you not take Igor plus 265? I think the Avs are probably the better team. But the better goalie is clearly going to be in the East. The better goalie is clearly going to be on Tampa Bay, clearly going to be on the Rangers. Clearly. I mean, it's not even close. But, you know, can they can they handle the barrage of offense? And There's a million questions, but I'm getting plus 265 back with the Rangers or plus 170 back with Tampa Bay? Oh, I'm liking that. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm into that. Oh, oh, yes. All right. Before we uh, dive into just a couple of baseball notes, I want to touch on the NBA Finals here. Um, not much can be said right now. There's still a lot to be determined. 
I think that the Celtics are playing a style of basketball that they are trying to dictate the pace desperately. I think that the Celtics are in a position where, look, they they let down in game two. I believe they let down in game two because they're young and they kind of said, hey, we did our job. I mean, that we did our job. We got one of two in Golden State. That's what we wanted to do. Golden State, meanwhile, basically said, hey, you had, all they had is one good fourth quarter over the first two games. I mean, that's what they were kind of saying. But the Celtics want to dictate the pace. The problem is, is that they really haven't been able to. I know the Warriors only scored 107, but they probably scored, could have scored a lot more if they didn't call the dogs off in Game 2. They scored 120 in Game 1. These games have been decidedly a quicker pace than I think the Celtics wanted. If you look at games that, um, uh, you know, sitting there in the low 90s, I know the Warriors had the number two defense, but in the playoffs they had the number six defense, and a lot of metrics had them at number nine. They had a different style come the playoffs. The Celtics, they were number one defense during the regular season, number one defense during the playoffs, or number two to Dallas in most metrics. They were number one in three-point percentage, and they really were slowing the game down. I think they wanted that, right? I think they wanted to slow the game down. And they're getting in a position where they were kind of playing out of their comfort zone. It doesn't mean that they can't win games. Obviously, we've seen them do it. Um, But moving forward, if the Celtics want to stay in the series and moving forward, if you want to bet on the Celtics, you got to hope that their defense, not only that their defense plays well, but that their defense slows the game down to a crawl. A couple of prop plays. I I keep going back to Jason Tatum over... It's six, six and a half rebounds, depending on where it was. It was seven in the game that they pulled him out of in game two. I I continue to keep going back to Jason Tatum. I still think Draymond Green is going to have one of these just awesome, awesome games. I'm still waiting for it. Steph Curry's pretty tough right now. Steph Curry during the year averaged 26 points per game. Steph Curry during the playoffs averaged 26 points per game. His over-under during the playoffs, uh, during this uh, finals run here, has consistently been about 27, 27 and a half. And he's, he's just having fantastic first halves. That make you just go, okay, I might as well rip my ticket up at this point. Um, the game within the game, Draymond Green, of course, running his mouth. That's what Draymond, Draymond Green does best. He is talking about uh, most players in the NBA, talk about how physical the NBA is. And, and uh, you know, no one's getting kind of to play that style. And he's trying to play that style. I think it's Draymond Green lip service. He wants to intimidate. He wants to make them feel lesser. That's what Draymond Green is doing. I wouldn't take anything from it, Boston. Don't try to play his game. Play your game. And play within yourself. And just understand what he is right now. <laughs> I mean, right now, what Draymond Green is, is an underperforming star on a team that is relying upon strictly Steph Curry. Now, Wiggins is out a good series. Clay has been awful. Poole has, I mean, been benched almost. And Draymond has not stepped up like they thought. Yet, look at where the Warriors are. When everything clicks, you can't beat the Warriors. The thing is, is everything clicking? Not right now, it's not. Not right now, it's not. Doesn't mean it can. All right, my last point that I want to make here is about the firings of managers. Uh, two Joes are gone. I, I saw I saw an interesting tweet, and it said, um, on June 2nd, two Joes uh, were, were managers in the major leagues. And June 7th, there was none. <laughs> I mean, you know, Joe Girardi, Joe Madden, both gone. I like both managers. I think both managers can win. I think both managers are winners. I think both managers are good managers. I also understand why their teams got rid of them. I understand that their voice and their message was just not being received. With Philadelphia, it's been a long time coming. Look, Philadelphia's roster is poorly constructed. 
I don't think anybody's going to argue that. Their stars have not really stepped up. Wheeler had a rough time early, and then and then it was Nola who had a rough time. Bryce Harper's injured. I know playing well, but he's injured. Gene Segura is out. DJ Gregorius is out. Uh, JT Rilomuto has slowed down since coming over. Alec Bohm has not developed like I thought. Bryson Stott has not developed like they thought. I could go on and on about Philly's problems that are not Joe Girardi-related problems. But what I saw with Joe Girardi um, in New York, a lot of that sort of bled over. And a lot of what I saw from Joe Girardi in New York was, I don't want to say he mishandled the bullpen, but I second-guessed what he was doing with the bullpen often. More times than not, I looked at what Joe Girardi was doing with the bullpen, and I said, I, I, I don't know about that. I don't know if that's a good situation. Now, Philadelphia has Corey Knable. Um, They didn't really go out there and get that dynamic guy, right? I mean, they, uh, they didn't go out there and, and make a splash move. Brad Ann has been actually pretty good. They haven't. They didn't do that. They didn't go out there and, and and really improve the bullpen. So a lot of that's not on Joe Girardi, but I still don't love the way that he handled this. I just think that Philadelphia was in a position where Philly was like, look, Girardi may not be the problem, but we're not sure what the problem is. So we have to do something to fix the problem here. We have to do something to shake this team up, something to kind of get it done. And that's why I think he's gone. I, I don't know if it's a good move or a bad move yet. I suspect that Girardi wasn't the problem, but maybe this will put a little energy into the team. Maybe this will be a little bit of a spark. The Philadelphia Phillies have the talent, and they absolutely 100% should be a playoff team. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. They should be a playoff team. There's still time left in the season for them to do that. There's still time left in the season for them to even push the Mets. They've got to have somebody light a spark under them, and I look at it the same way they do. I just don't want to sit here and kind of bash Joe Girardi. I think he's a good manager, a very good manager in certain spots. When he was let go of the Yankees, I didn't shed a tear. I wasn't somebody that was upset that he was gone. I, I still look back and I say, man, I, I would have rather have him than Aaron Boone in a lot of situations. But I wasn't upset that he was gone. And I don't think Philly fans should be upset that he's gone. But let's see how this translates because it looks like it's kind of trying to find a fix where maybe you didn't need a fix. I don't think Girardi was the problem at all. The other way is Joe Madden. Um, this is more of a case of Artie Moreno is just getting to a point of, I, I, we have to do something. I have two of the greatest talents in the this generation, a couple of generations, right? You might have two of the greatest talents in the last 50 years on your team, and you're not making the playoffs. He went out and spent on Syndergaard. He went out and spent on Razel uh, Iglesias. He went out and spent on Anthony Rendon. He also understands that Shohei Otani's contract is coming up, and he's going to then be invested between Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, and Anthony Rendon over a billion dollars into three players. You want to throw in Noah Syndergaard in there and a couple other guys? He's going to be $150 billion invested into this team that simply does not make the playoffs. I don't think Joe Madden was the problem. I don't. This is a team that does a lot of analytics. This is a team that was, again, not exactly constructed the correct way. But I will say this. Joe Madden has his own unique way. And his own unique way doesn't always equate to the best situation. Joe Girardi, uh, you can say, okay, you know, he's got his way, but eh, it's not his fault Alex Bohm didn't really developed the way they want. Ah, it's not his real fault that Bryson Stott, even though he was shuffling him around the lineup, it was more of a roster construction. Well, Joe Adele might be Joe Madden's fault. You can't pick a guy in and out of the lineup and go all over the place. He may be. You look at some of the, the youngsters that are in the bullpen, maybe some of Joe Madden's fault, the way that he manages. Some of this might be. But at the end of the day, if you have 
Mike Trout, who was, what, 0 for 23, the longest in his career. And you have Shohei Otani, your MVP of last year, batting 240. And you have Noah Syndergaard going out there and getting blasted by the Yankees. And you have these high-priced players not performing well. It's not really Joe Madden's fault. Andrew Velasquez and Tyler Ward and Taylor Ward, Taylor Ward and Tyler Wade and, uh, you know, Brandon Marsh. These are guys that are comp or should be complementary players. And, and they've been really good players for what they're asked to do. But you need your stars to step up. And the stars have stepped up here and there, but not all in unison. And that's the in unison thing. My question that I always ask, and I was talking to my uh, radio partner in Las Vegas, Tim, this week about this, is I always consistently ask, okay, you're going to fire someone, who's next? So who's next for the Angels? And who's next for Philly? You know, I don't have answers there. I really don't. I don't have those answers. So I don't agree with the firing because I think they have good managers, but I understand trying to get another voice in the booth, trying to get another voice in their heads, I should say, another voice where it's something different. We can't just keep going down the same path and keep doing the same consistently things and failing time and time again. We just cannot do that. So I understand them. I don't know if I'm going out there and immediately betting the Angels. I probably should have started betting the Philadelphia Phillies. Both have immense talent. Both can win their divisions. I think both are playoff teams. I picked them before the year to both be playoff teams. I'm not sure if I feel better or worse now that they don't have their managers in place. So I'm in a wait-and-see holding pattern as far as betting goes. All right, guys. Enjoy the NBA Finals. Enjoy the rest of of the build-up to the Stanley Cup. Next time we talk, we're going to have a Stanley Cup Finals preview. We are going to maybe have an NBA champion by that time. Lots more baseball when we talk as well. I'm Tom Barton for Wagering Week. We'll be back, and you can bet on that. This has been a presentation of the Sports Garden Network. To be part of the show, call 1-855-4-GARTEN. That's 1-855-442-7386. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garden. That's G-A-R-T-E-N. Get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at sportsgarden.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.